Welcome to the Garden, niggas. It's Huey. It's Jay. And this is the Grow Bro Podcast, where we talk about shit. What's been going on with you, bruh? I'm chilling, man. It is hot outside. It's cooling off, but I do agree it is hot. Um, I had a little little date thing on one of the oh, real man. hot days, and we was outside for it. So, um, yeah, it was a lot of sweat. It was very hot, but it was cute. We went down to the uh to the wharf in D.C. and ate ice cream and talked and stuff. It was cute. Hot as fuck, but it was cute. Okay. I would never do that again. That sounds like a salt and pepper video. Sweaty men eating ice cream, but all right. Shout out, <laughs> Shout out to y'all too, being cute. Walking by the water. I'm like, we're by the water. Why isn't there like a more of a breeze? But it was a bunch of people out there. Mm. So that contributed to it. Um, yeah, it was a cute little evening. You know, yeah. I'm enjoying enjoy spending time with people. I, I'm not used to this at all. Mm. Okay. I'm not used to this kind of enjoyment. But hey, it's cool. That is good. <laughs> um, I also had a little moment. So I don't know if I ever talked about it on here, but for a while, especially when it came came to like dating, I had this issue mindset perception thing where i felt that i was only valuable um in a sexual sense mm. wow. which okay. i mean when your dating pool is niggas it's hard to not feel that way at least for me at least um so i worked through i know talked about it in therapy um and got to the point where I looked at things um, in totality and not just through the lens of my misery. Because I feel like a lot of times we'll look at reality through the lens of our misery and it only shows us the things that will allow us to stay in that miserable place. Okay. Um, But once I started looking at big picture things, it's like, oh, I definitely am worth a lot um, and more than just sex. But... You know, those feelings come up every now and then, and they definitely came up uh, last week. So I had to sit down and have a moment with myself. I'm getting to the point now where I can recognize certain thought patterns, um, destructive thought patterns, and catch them and just work myself through it. So I'm very happy about that. Um, also, therapy has helped with that and Wellbutrin. But, um, yeah, I really had a moment. I was really upset. And um, it's weird when you're having that feeling and you're kind of dating somebody. Mm, okay. Um, so it, it was it was a lot. But all that to say, I definitely came out of it quicker than I have in the past. And oh. um, yeah, I'm a bad bitch. Well, well, congrats on being a bad bitch. <laughs> You're a hot boy. You're a hot boy summer. Um, hey, hot boy summer, all 2019. I've I've definitely been there. I think I've been in that space. Uh, not while Mercury was in Escalade, uh, but more or less in a space <laughs> of being like, um, I, I went through that. I I think it might have been before. Really? Um, yeah, may, maybe in a in a space of feeling useless or not mm. worth as much um for most people know like i'm so i am on this new thing um 
my goal, and I guess I'll say it out loud. It's kind of bringing it to the universe, right? So my goal is six by 36, right? So six by 36 is make six figures by the time I turn 36. Uh, so I'm constantly trying to advance my career, whether that be um, partnering with other people to do business or um, doing it myself or, or advancing my career. The thing about it is for some of the jobs that I know that are high paying that I'm trying to get, they're telling me I don't know enough or the things that I'm doing don't count as mm. experience to them. And I'm like, but they count. Um, I had I recently had a conversation with somebody um, at this like really big marketing firm and they wanted, uh, I wanted to be there. I wanted to be a senior brand manager for their company. And they had asked me, they were like, you know, do you have experience in marketing? And I was like, yes. There's like, you have experience working at an agency? And I was like, yeah, I worked at a sports agency and I worked, um, I worked as a web developer at another, like at an ad, ad agency before. And they were like, oh, okay, cool. So what do you know, like in the digital space? So I explained to them, you know, what I do at Pod Dealers, being the CEO, the founder, creative director, all the other stuff. And they looked me dead in my eyes and told me that doesn't count. And I'm like, damn, that's crazy. You looked right at me and said, the thing that I'm doing, you asked me, have I worked in a digital space? I said, yes. The podcasts that are on the podcast network, their audiences have expanded. We have showed that. We have digital analytics to show that they've done that, right? We have thrown on live events. We have people. I have the Eventbrite <laughs> receipts. Right. Um, I have people who have hit the services page on the poddealers.net and have spent money. <laughs> and, and I have, in turn, taken that money and spent it. <laughs> and so you're telling me the thing that I really did didn't matter, and it's not real. Right. And I like, you know, I was I had to be like I felt like a sucker because I had to be gracious and be like, well, thank you for your time. I really appreciate that. And then like, you know, on some Friday shit, like he gonna cry in the car. Like, <laughs> like I'm I'm really driving home fucking confused because I'm like, this person told me everything that I've been doing for the last year and some change doesn't matter. Right, and that's that's a shitty feeling when you feel like you have brought something or you're bringing something really dope and really valuable something that you've you know worked on and you've developed and that you're really proud of just to be told that it doesn't really matter whether it's pot dealers whether it's me and just building myself up as a person um it just sucks when your work and something that you're proud of gets tossed back in your face and it definitely does fuck with your your sense of of self-worth yeah for sure it took me like it took me like a day to kind of get over it because it was a mixture of like um uh for those of you that are new to the show we speak of movie references uh so <laughs> so um is that scene in like mo money where like damon wayne's like punching the air like i should have punched him in his fucking jaw like that all of that and <laughs> like the other part of my brain is like yeah but you didn't <laughs> so like uh, and it, it's all of that because like like you said, like you work really hard, whether you're bettering yourself or you're trying to advance yourself or you're trying to do something different in the community. There's literally somebody, they may not be a gatekeeper or they feel like a gatekeeper or you, even for yourself, right? Like you said, you get this destructive thoughts that come through um, and you have to like self-soothe. I had to do a lot of that just to kind of be like, hey man, you really made that money or you really did change the narrative around podcasting locally or people are noticing your work don't focus on the negative and i think that's the thing that i will probably almost always struggle with right 
it's easier for me to hold on to the negative times than to big up all the positive stuff that has happened. Um, Cause I get stuck on that stuff. I get stuck on negative comments. I get stuck on whatever. Cause I spend so much time and energy trying to change those people's minds that I'm looking past the hundreds of people who like still rock with you or forgive you or still like you or anything that are supporting you. Cause you're too busy trying to do this thing where you're like, but yeah, but why are you mad? Or why don't you like it? Or what's the thing? Um, and I think this is too, like, like I said, if you are creative, most of the time you are your own worst critic, but you're also giving validation to the other person that like, um, is giving you like feeding you negativity. And I think a lot of what we talk about here is like trying to rework that. Definitely. And we're definitely going to get into external validation and things a little bit later in this episode. We're going to get into some things in the words of Nicki Minaj, but before we do that, I got a level to leave it alone for you. Okay. I don't know how to say this shit, so I'm gonna just say it the way I read it. Okay. Uh to Mana. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love it or leave it alone. Cause that shit's actually I don't know why it irritates me so much now, but I'm tired mm-hmm. of saying it. I'm on the verge of muting it on my timeline. <laughs> I'm just like, are y'all serious? Uh- you know what? It's really just the new unpopular um, opinion tweets. Um, and you know what? I actually like some of them. I like some of them. Um, it's good to hear from different voices. A lot of people have um, really good opinions. I saw the ones where they went through the Zodiac signs. A lot of y'all have been uh, angry at various Zodiac signs. There are some repeat offenders. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, there's that. Um there were also some topics that I thought were very poignant, right? So somebody did one for black parents. Um, I saw the one dating people with kids. Um, There's a lot of people who are being like, I won't apologize for not dating somebody with kids. And I was like, I didn't know that was a thing. Like, um, But I've also seen some really silly ones too, right? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to love it. How do you, how do you feel? My thing is, I haven't seen any that brought up conversations that weren't already being had or <laughs> like nothing new is on my time. Like it's the same shit. It's just a a new trigger for the same shit that people have mm. been talking about. So it's just like, okay, okay, okay. But I'm, I don't even know where it comes from. I don't even know what it means. I tried to look it up and I couldn't get like a clear answer. So, uh, I saw that it was a Nigerian term or a Nigerian phrase. Um, I saw Hawaiian, Ghana, Nigeria. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. It's not my tongue. It's not the tongue that I, uh, was forced to learn. We should do one for this show. We should do one of those. Um, and then put our like logo under it. Um, and then, and I want one for the Yeehaw Agenda. Why the who? Oh, about? yeah. Shout Yeehaw out to Lil Nas X, um, breaking records and shit. Although, yeah, we're not going to get in. Why not? This is our fucking show. We can do what we want. Yeah, we need to have a separate crediting system for stuff, um, in the streaming era era because it's just it doesn't make sense to have things on the same chart 
to say Old Town Road broke the record that was held by One Sweet Day, awesome. That's great. However, it broke the record under different circumstances. So can you really compare the two? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it don't make no sense. <laughs> is it the original Old Town Road or is it like, I don't know how this that too of, of remixes. Because I'm like, there was a version, it's him, Billy Ray Cyrus and Young Thug that had came out weeks ago. And then there's a version with him, Billy Ray Cyrus, Young Thug and Mason Ramsey that is out. I, and, Mason Ramsey and so did what know. he had to do though. He sold the fuck up. Oh yeah, he yeah he sh- he showed up with his cowboy boots on. He got in his satchel. The boy was he was his... ready to go. Like, yeah, he jumped in his yodel bag for that. What did he say? Damn it! Oh uh, yeah, if you Something ain't got no giddy, giddy up, out, giddy my up way. out my way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't got no giddy up, giddy up out my way. Yeah, for sure. I was like, okay, yeah, bars. I'm 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 with this. Is. And then Billy Ray Cyrus' verse was dope too. Um. All the remixes have been dope, but that is a good question. Are I? I feel like those would be counted separately. Okay. I feel like, but I don't know how the charts are working these days. I I just feel old and antiquated because I remember going to the store to actually buy like singles, and it will have like the radio edit, the album edit, the instrumental, and the club mix. Yeah, I remember That's doing it. that. Ooh. <laughs> a flashback that's, no that's that's old school for sure <laughs> yeah you definitely get the single where like you said it's the whatever the remix is the club mix or the house mix or something and then right. like you said is the last track is the instrumental you just be like you even may be an acapella <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah the, you the acapella version which i'm like who was that for but i'm like i guess that's for djs and stuff but Listen, and then Funny. sometimes you'd even get a B-side or a snippet of another song. I used to hate that. Ch- <laughs> <laughs> you be like, oh, this song dope. Why? Why give me this song too? That's what Missy and them was good for. If I got a Missy single, I, I think I got. Yes. Damn, I forgot what. I think it was before Super Duper Fly came out. I think I got the single of like Rain, and it was like, um, Socket to me might have been a snippet on there. Something, yeah, one of them was up there. But I, yeah, I used to be mad about that. Like, damn, why would you put? Why don't you just put this song up there too? Listen, just put the whole thing. But yeah, it's yeah. so it's it's weird because now all you got to do is play the song on loop. Oh yeah, yeah, put it on like, repeat and get out of it. It's it's so easy to manipulate charts and charting things now to the point where it. It's not even valuable for real no more. It's like getting on a roll to elementary school. Like, who the fuck cares? Yeah, it's really, no, it's really a pop, like, who cares? For everybody, not just the new people. It's for everybody, (laughs) like. No, right, but it's more, I think now when it's to music, it's really who can utilize, like, who has more control over their audience. You're not necessarily trying to bring in new people, right? Like, what you're trying to do is make your audience work for you. So, like, um, I don't know what podcast I was listening to, but they were explaining, they were explaining the, instructions from the Chris Brown fan base. Like this is how you make the album go. Number one, listen to track, this track, this track from this time. And then listen to this track, this track. And it counts. And I was like, right. What? Oh, I peeped what Chris Brown was doing a long time ago. Yeah. That's crazy. Him and Drake. Um, but it's just, it's not even about quality no more. It's again, like you said, who can 
get their fan base and manipulate their fan base the best. I don't know. I don't care. It's whatever. I'm still listening to what I'm listening to. Oh, yeah. Speaking of that, listening to what you're listening to, um, before we get into the super heavy stuff. So how are you feeling about um, the Lion King out Beyonce Lion King? I don't know how we have. Is it a Beyonce album? Is it a Lion King soundtrack? What I don't it know what we is an album inspired by the motion picture. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Produced by the one and only Beyonce, Giselle Knowles hyphen Carter. Okay. Um, number one, I would like to say I'm grateful to have the original Lion King soundtrack, the mm. Broadway soundtrack. The okay. new soundtrack and this album that is inspired by the motion picture. I'm grateful mm. because Lion King is like my favorite movie. And that's that on that. Um Okay. The album is amazing. It's amazing. Um the sequencing, the way that they put the the clips from the movies in between the songs, the way it just flows, um, the way it flows with the the uh storyline of the movie. Um and Beyonce just Beyonce like bigger bigger is a moment it's the words and 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 uh, I'll be the oh, root you be the tree pass on okay. the fruit that was given to me it's just it's so good I am happy and it's been on repeat also and as well I thoroughly enjoy Chance's album I have not listened to Chance's album it's very happy Oh, okay. And I can relate to that. So, and it's very like uncle rap. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's not like as bubblegum. It's not like Will Smith bubblegum rap. Mm. But it ain't like, it's definitely different from other stuff. Like, it, it's, it's a good natural progression after coloring book. I'll put it that way. Mm. Okay. But if you just go in order, it will make sense. Just flowing through. Like, that man just loved his wife and Jesus and his kids, and he's happy. And you can tell. Okay. Shout out to Chance, man. And he, SWV, involved fucking Randy Newman. Where the fuck was this nigga at? In the toy box? Like, it sounds like, yeah. It sounds like Chance has got an alright album. I have to. But people don't like it. A lot of people aren't rocking with it because, whatever reasons. Yeah, we like guns and um, ho talk and drugs and <laughs> and you know things that people create under the influence of drugs and not you know like love and happiness. And okay, things I don't know. Maybe I'm projecting. Either way, it was a great album, and The Lion King: The Gift is also a great album. Hashtag stream Megatron. That that that. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Oh man, but um. So let's get into some 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 serious stuff. We're not serious. We, mm-hmm. We're gonna have fun with it. Um, a few months ago, I came across a video, um, of Yonder Van Zant at Essence Fest a few years ago. Um, and she gave a talk about her spiritual code of conduct. And mm-hmm. I was in the gym, and I was watching it on the treadmill, and it really like it, it it put me in the place to run. I was. It was a good talk to me. I enjoyed it. Um, and I had posted a clip on Instagram and you put the little thinking emoji underneath. I was like, wait, this might be a show thing. This might be a show thing. Mm-hmm. So that's actually all right. Let's talk about it. Um, so, yeah, um, you watched it. 
Yes, I did not know it was an hour. I was hoping that it was only like twenty minutes. No, <laughs> and I was it, like, it was, it was I opened it. I was like, what the fuck? It and I was, was like, all right, an hour. Um, yeah. but let's rewind really quick. Um, when it comes to to spiritual health, where does that fall in line with you as far as importance in in your life? Um, I think it's a conversation I've never had. I've never had a conversation about spiritual health. Um, I think. We used, uh, so from what I understand, we use church as that, right? So Sunday is a, gives you a new chance to go repent, kind of cleanse your soul and kind of start over your new week of sinning. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> if you stop going, I guess, much like I did, you just kind of continue running around with like, you know, sin on you. Um, I I'm think- not really... Yeah, I'm not really around a ton of like super spiritual people, so I've never had a conversation about what that's like. I think more we talk more about energy, and I think her conversation about energy is probably closer to something that I could relate to rather than full on spiritual stuff. Right. I think like when you say sinning, I I put that more so under religion. Okay. Then spirituality, I feel like um, religion is really community base in in my Mm -hmm. opinion and that's one of the reasons why it doesn't really um i i can't really latch on to it um when it comes to to spirituality it doesn't necessarily have to be connected to a religion they actually Mm. did a a study on it because it's one of those things where there is no clear-cut definite you know definition on what it means to be spiritual or you know what spiritual health and you know, fully entails, mm-hmm. but they did a, a study on it and, um, they pretty much said spiritual health, um, has to do with your connection to yourself, a uh, higher power, others and nature. Okay. Um, so that to me gave a good framework on, on, you know, how to gauge spiritual health and how to kind of frame my outlook on it. Um, mm. over the last, two years i've really been well three actually i've been paying more attention to my spirit i started actually paying more attention to my spiritual health than i did my mental health um Mm. just exposing myself to different ways of thought um getting more in touch with myself and learning myself and my triggers and getting more in touch with my my passions and you know creativity and things like that um, you know, I've, I've delved into Buddhism a little bit and learned about that. Uh, you know, I've read about like Yoruba religions and other things. I'm just, I've been exposing myself to different ways of thought and looking for a lot of the overlap in different things. Cause I feel like there's, that's where the bulk of the truth lies is in the overlap of all these different ways of thought. Okay. Um, and in doing that, that's kind of what led me to start going to therapy and taking my mental health more seriously. Um, just noticing, okay, I have a problem. Like this is something that I do and it's actually a problem. And I feel like I wouldn't have started to, um, point out this is anxiety or this is depression, or this just is an issue overall. If I didn't start taking steps towards, um, my spiritual health and, and connecting to myself and, and other people as well. Um, because I, 
was very like closed off. Um, I couldn't receive much of anything good from people, um, and things like that. So, yeah, but I feel like it's important to, you know, talk about these things because I feel like spiritual health is actually really important. Um, and it's something that I do personally value. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a good conversation to have or at least expose people to it. Like, I'm not saying I'm not open to it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I personally care more about my mental health, but that's just like for me. And like I said, I don't know enough about it. Like, I've never had a conversation about spiritual health. So, um, maybe I'll learn something from this conversation here. And then, like, I'll be like, oh, okay, damn. Um, maybe I should check into this more. <laughs> um, but it's, it's dope. And like I said, it's just, I feel like it's a strong component to mental health. Um, because they both kind of start from within you. I'll say like this: mental health is in your mind, and your spiritual health comes from your heart. Uh, okay. Your proverbial heart. Yes, not not like your literal, like not your aorta. No shit. No, not that. But like your heart and your gut, rather. Okay. Your midsection, all of that. Your instincts, intuitions, all of that. Um. And it has a strong connection with your mental health, at least from my experience and my perception. Um, but Iyanla gave her talk at Essence on her spiritual code of conduct, where she outlined different things, different do's and don'ts, as she put it, um, when it comes to um, spiritual health and things like that. Um, so what did you think of it when you watched it? Uh okay. <laughs> so there's a disclaimer. I hang out with uh mental health professionals. Yes. Like actual licensed practitioners. You have seen me do shows with them, um, been out. And so there's a difference between uh licensed professional and life coaches. So sometimes when I listen to life engineers, life coaches and all the other stuff, there are certain things that I don't listen to i'm also a person that thinks like sometimes pastors uh, motivational speakers inspirational speakers all of the stuff is kind of a scam um <laughs> and it's no knock to them they have larger audiences they have the audience that i would love to talk to right but um there were so many contradictions kind of in the beginning where i kind of was like i this is a hundred percent rooted in church where there's like this there's a lot of respectability up front um act this certain way and then good things will happen to you since you've been acting like this bad things will happen to you um but then also then saying like but you can change or you're better than this and it was a whole bunch of that where i was like oh yeah there's some work to be done um overall i did think that the message had it had some really valid points um but I think when people are already kind of open or they need to be led, right? Because the way the way motivational speech works in pastors right, is you use something that's really general and really vague and then let people be like, this is he spoke exactly to my heart. And this is <laughs> why I'm changed, forever changed. And I'm like, yep, that's oh my God. It's, t- it's so it's great. It's, tec- it's technically perfect. <laughs> and so. <laughs> Uh, it was a lot of that So prime example The thing that I was like This doesn't make sense to me When you posted that clip When you posted that clip The reason why I put The thinking emoji Is because I work in digital analytics 
Somebody walking up to you and telling you that they get 14 million views every time that they uh, drop a video or the way she was explaining it is like they either received 14 million views or they get 14 million views. I need to go back and look at look at that clip again. Right. That ain't really nothing to kind of sneeze at. I get it that you are an established person. So you just like they ain't real. And I, I can see how that works. We live in a world where the fire festival exists and, <laughs> and all types of failed uh events have happened where people have been like yes you get those views and you get those clicks but those people in turn don't buy tickets so right her point of being like some people gonna watch you drink yourself to death eat yourself to death yes that's entertainment but that's the every entertainer right i've never seen ayala and i don't plan on buying a ticket <laughs> to like go see her right but people at essence did so to say that having 14 million views doesn't matter was kind of like mm, it. It actually kind of does. Then, before she said that, forty-five seconds. I counted because I watched and I broke down timestamps. Uh, <laughs> she asked the everybody at SS Residual to sign up for her YouTube. <laughs> oh yeah, she said go watch my stuff. Then said, then hey, I got a prayer that's specific that will help y'all. And a free gift Go to my website and sign up for my website Self promotion (laughs) Fucking excuse me (laughs) Did you just tell the kids Outside that 14 million views doesn't matter But then just beg a whole stadium To sign up for your YouTube Well The way that I Perceived it when she made the comment About the views And I think we kind of touched on it Um on the show before when talking about looking at our numbers and how we feel like we put so much work into what we do and, you know, the numbers might not always reflect it. I took that as, okay, you're telling me you have all these views. That's great. But that shouldn't be the only testament to your worth. That shouldn't be the only thing that that shouldn't be your only selling point. And then when she added the, you know, you have all these people following you, or viewing your things that will watch you do destructive things and never say anything um, to say, hey, you know, maybe this isn't, you know, the most healthiest thing. I just took it as don't worry about the numbers because Mm -hmm. the numbers are going to be the numbers. But what exactly are you doing? Um, But then from a, from a business standpoint, yeah, that, that, that matters. But if you go up to Inyala and say, Oh, I'm I mean, I'm getting fourteen thousand, fourteen million views, and you're not saying I'm getting it from people who would actually be interested in you. Then you're just throwing a number out. Right? No, you're right. But so I'm sure they didn't lead off with fourteen million views. But here's the point: the reason, the only reason why I brought that up is because mm-hmm. before when we did a previous podcast, we wanted we to do a topic, podcast. which is a topic that we talked on. Um, here which was about gun control and how black women are the leader in um purchasing guns right mm-hmm. and so i found the group they were on viceland and i emailed them um and i emailed and they emailed me back maybe like weeks later and their first comment was thank you for reaching out how many plays do you average and i was mm-hmm. like um uh, a couple hundred you know maybe in two weeks maybe we get close to like three and they was like yeah, you know, we're just looking for big outlets right now to get the message out. 
So to your point of being like, we want to get the message out. I think it's really dope to explain how black women buy guns and why they're buying guns and why the numbers have spiked since Trump became president. Right. I'm trying to help you spread your message. Right. So I look at it right. You said like a business standpoint. Right. So if you make money, you make the same amount of money every day, the same amount of whatever. And I'm telling you, I can bring you an additional three hundred dollars. Right. It may not be nothing to you, but it's additional three hundred dollars that you have not seen from a different market. And then it could turn into something else. You are now telling me that is not enough for me to speak to you. 300 people, 300 plays from somewhere else isn't enough for me to even speak to you. So when you see numbers like that from a digital standpoint, somebody going, hey, if I could bring you 14 additional million dollars, I'm sure the audiences overlap, but like 14 million extra people to your thing, you're being like, right. But the person, are you a good person? And right. I think there there is a conversation there is a hundred percent a conversation to be had about doing business or doing collaborations with good people versus your digital product. Right. And I think, and I absolutely think that that, that was the thing. I just found it funny because after looking back at the speech as a whole, it was very much a like, Oh, there are some contradictions. There are some nuances to that. Um, like I said, I don't have no beef with her. It's just, I'm just kind of like, I'm always very leery of the way speakers do things. So did any of the, well, let's run through the do's and don'ts. Okay. Because I feel like those were good to me. They, and the thing about me is I've, I always end up coming across things that meet me where I'm at. Mm. So when I saw this, a lot of this stuff was actually coming into my mind already. So it was just kind of like confirmation that I'm on the right path. And that's, that's happened a lot over the past few years. I'll start thinking of something or my perceptions will start shifting and then I'll watch something or I'll read something completely unintentionally. And it correspond it, it validates what I'm thinking or feeling, which is why I had a reaction to it. I'm like, this is the things that I've been thinking. This is more fleshed out version of that. Mm. Okay. Um, which is how I know that it's it's some forces that are at play. You just gotta learn how to work with them, cause they let you know. But anyway, so uh, the first one that she said was, "Do ground yourself spiritually every day." Mm-hmm. Um. So, do you think that you do anything that that grounds you in a spiritual sense? And not even necessarily every day, but just in general. Um, yeah, so every day when I wake up and every night before I go to sleep, um, I say out loud how grateful I am for the day. Um, there are some people that didn't wake up. Mm. Uh, there's some people who are not going to make it home. Uh, there are people who are not going to make it to work and all of that stuff. Right. Uh, and so I always have, I always find myself at some point in the day being, or like saying out loud how grateful I am. Um, very young, my mom made us say every morning, like, say thank you, Lord, for this day. And it kind of stuck with me as a grown-up. So I always end up saying how grateful I am. And even at the end of the night, I'm very grateful. Like, I've made it back to my house. I've made it back to my bed. I've made it back to the people that care. Uh, or I've talked to the people that care throughout the day. Mm. Um, and so I always try to remind, like, keep myself grounded 
in a way to be like, yeah, I'm super thankful and grateful that we made it through today. So, yeah, I find myself grounded in that way. That's dope. See, that counts. Yeah. See, you've been doing spiritual health care and you ain't even know it. Ain't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I do try to, uh, I'm doing my best to get back into journaling more frequently. Um, and I also, um, I you know, I'll cleanse my room. I'll do my sage and my Palo Santo, my Florida water and everything. I sit and meditate. I don't do it daily, um, but I try to do it at least once a week just to cleanse the energy and meditate on things that I want, uh, behaviors and things that I don't want to continue to engage in. Um, and then just try to forge a, a connection or establish and, and nurture a better connection with higher power, whether you want to say the universe or spirit, God, whatever, um, just fostering a better connection with, with that realm and better communication and learning how to just, just sit down and listen more um so yeah you got to find you know what works for you and how to navigate that um right another thing she said is you must know who you are and one big thing during that was when she uh talked about people name calling and she said don't respond to what what's not about you that one hit hard because i used to be quick to be like don't call me on my name. Don't call me this. Don't call me that. But I've gotten to a place now where it's like, oh, you're not addressing me. So why am I even getting mad? Even if you intend on addressing me, the way in which you're addressing me, it's not something that I'm going to accept or tolerate or allow. So you're not really talking to me. So why get mad at that? But how'd you feel about that one? Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> That was another one of those contradictory things where she did that, like, okay, know who you are, but also don't act like something else. And I was like, and I was like, but she was saying like hoes and deadbeat daddies and stuff like that. And I was kind of like, but wait, hold on. What? So that also brings the question, like, what do do hoes act like? Like all of that kind of stuff, right? Mm, I see what you're saying. I kind of was just like, okay, so th- you are legit now calling people anyway. Is <laughs> that tweet like you are doing the? Never mind. Like, so I was just like, uh, all right. Um, but no, I feel it. I I do understand that it's hard. These lessons, while they seem minuscule, when you live in a digital era, they're very important because the way we navigate digital digital spaces is. People, the at button tends to not work, uh, and so what happens is people will use phrases or write things in a certain way, and they may not even be talking to you, right? They may not even be talking to you, or we live in a space where people tend to be self-centered in that way, and if they feel like they're on edge about something they did or something they said or the way they act or the way they're perceived, um, if somebody writes something that hits close to home, then they jump out the window. Mm. Um And which is why coming to the internet as a fully fleshed out human is different than kind of like, Oh, I'm still kind of finding myself, but we're, there will be people who were going to grow up on the internet. This message is still very important, but what do you tell somebody who says they're still trying to find themselves or the person that they were or the person that they are, isn't who they'll always be. Right. Um, 
And so, I, you know, that's the thing where I kind of was like, I feel you, but like, this is the conversation you have. This is definitely the conversation you have as a person who has been through ups and downs and kind of is almost what they deem as a finished product. Oh, cause listen, she done been through some shit now. Right. That's what I'm saying. So like, if you feel like, peace I feel like I've learned, <laughs> right. Like you, you feel like you've learned and I've been through some things. So I, let me tell y'all so y'all don't have to bump y'all's head. I absolutely understand that. I'm just also saying there are still people who are in their teens, in their 20s, in their 30s, and beyond who are still kind of figuring it out. And we also don't we also don't make room or exception for those people because everybody is told for some whatever your set number is, you're supposed to know what's happening. Um, and so that's why I just went, oh, okay, that's dope. I wonder what that really looks like. I think... If you don't, because later on, one of the ones that she said was, um, don't be afraid to tell yourself the truth about you, mm-hmm. uh, the truth about yourself as soon as you know it. So I feel like if you hear somebody say, you know, one of the stepping stone or one of the the foundations of, you know, at least from my perce- my perspective of, you know, spiritual health or, you know, having a good sense of spiritual health is knowing yourself. If you hear that and you don't know yourself, that's when you have to be honest about that and say, I don't know who I am. And then that's when you start to put that together. Iyana is not marketed towards teenagers. So I, I, mm-hmm. I would not, I would never put this in the child's face and be like, watch this, learn this. And here, like, I would never because kids are dumb. I was dumb. I didn't start knowing myself until three, four years ago. Is when I started learning who I was, but mm-hmm. it also came out of me recognizing and realizing that I didn't know who I was. Yeah, I no, I think that that's super smart. I think um, the the way I think about it is like, but it's still on the internet, right? So anybody can find this, right? It's oh yeah. The trickle down, it's the trickle down effect of like entertainment, right? So like, like I never cared to why this is not a slight. Don't come in my fucking inbox, you dummies. But <laughs> I never cared to watch uh, Murder She Wrote and and Golden Girls, right? But my grandma, and my mom watched them, and so right. thus I watched them. So that's the way I feel about like the internet sometimes, where I'm just like, oh, this is just kind of out there. People can find it. Um, <laughs> so yeah. and, and that, no, and that and that she is a big draw. Like people watch the show. People really do enjoy the show. And so I thought the information is pertinent because it is, it's not like a fast track, but it is more in a way of like, you want to find things like it's easy to get in that group thing. Not necessarily like here, you're 14, watch this. Um, it was more or less like, yeah, find out who you are, find your things that you like and find things that make you feel better. Um, and that's what I thought was also important, but it's also trying to like, when, when do you, like you said, when do you start doing that? They might not recognize it. Like, even me, like sometimes I'm like, there are ways that I thought or things that I felt years ago when I was in my late twenties. And then I'm like, I don't feel that way anymore. Um, I don't, you know, or the things that I thought I would never try or things I'm trying now. So yeah, I think, um, like you said, you have to find it where you are at that point. Right. Um, so that's what I thought was so poignant about that thing. I just was afraid of the name calling stuff in the beginning, but yeah, I think her point was her point still stands. That part deals like she got real auntie with it. Um, <laughs> if you're not a gutter snipe, don't act like a gutter snipe. It's like, sure. what what did she say to Tamar? Your delivery diminishes your message. Yeah. Um, 
that definitely could have been worried about it. Because if you don't want to be a hoe, don't act like a hoe, huh? Huh? Okay, hold on. Yeah, yeah, that was my only piece. Like, uh oh, wait a minute. What does a hoe act like? Because <laughs> yes, you're lo- you're losing me. <laughs> if the hoe jumps out and goes back in, am I really hoe? But no. Um, another <laughs> thing that she said that kind of falls in line with this too. Um, as far as knowing yourself, because I feel like in knowing yourself and having a, a good sense of yourself. There's also an understanding that you're always growing and always changing. Um, And one thing that she said was, don't think that because it hasn't happened, it won't happen. Or believe that because it's always happened, it must continue to happen that way. Yeah, that was very close to, uh, that was, that's me. Now that is something. (laughs) So just because you've always been a certain way or you, that you don't, really know who you are doesn't mean that that has to be the continued thing you're going to continue to grow and learn yourself but that that's been me in certain ways too um just being impatient you know when in podcasting Mm -hmm. and in acting and everything we want our work to pay off so soon and when it isn't paying off or we aren't getting the payoff that we want or expect it's like you start to feel hopeless and like it's never gonna happen and like you're never gonna pop I don't know if that's how you related to it, but that's definitely how I related to it. Um, I don't know. Let's see. It, the next piece, uh, I think the next one after this is probably the one that I also held on to. So with this thing, just because it's the way that it is, um, doesn't mean it's the way it's always going to be. It's kind of like it spoke to me in a way to, yeah, I struggle with impatience. Um, I'm a person when it comes to getting things done. I like to get my 10,000 hours out the way real early. So I grind mm. real hard. I read all the books. I, I do a bunch of trial and error um, and like a disclosed location. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, we not we not showing nobody what we working on. And then I pop up and I just know how to do stuff. Right. So we not telling nobody where we at. We not doing anything. So then when it's time for me to roll the thing out or do whatever or show my showcase my skills and people aren't as impressed or they kind of just like it's whatever then i take it to heart i'm also a person that when good things are going good i am accustomed to them being bad so i'm i'm so much in the way of like i'm waiting for something bad to happen that i cannot even enjoy the good things happening um i'm just sitting like oh man look at all these people having a really good time these people are consuming the thing that i do um, I'm getting all these compliments. That's really dope. I'm waiting for this place to burst into flames. I'm waiting for somebody to come up to me and say they don't like it. I'm waiting for the email to be like, no, we don't want to be a part of your thing. Um, that's when you that's, must know who you are yeah. and know your worth. <laughs> right. But that's the thing. Like, I, no, but for real, like even that, even what I have to sit back and still be like, I know that I'm dope, but like, it's still very much like my, me knowing that I'm dope doesn't when it's not um accepted by the people i feel like that are my peers or the people that i feel like i am trying to work with or even collaborate with not necessarily in a space to impress when i don't get the feedback that i feel like is the thing it is kind of like the validation right where i'm just like yeah i feel like i'm dope and i feel like we would be dope together working on this thing but you're like nah i don't want to do it or it's not on my level or that kind of thing i'm like well damn that kind of sucks like because there's no follow-up on the other end, right? And the thing I had to learn through therapy is, like, you don't control those people, and you don't, you shouldn't have to try to, like, wrestle an answer out of them. 
So um, I've always kind of struggled with that. I'm always waiting for the bad to happen. Um, and I don't know why. It, it, it will absolutely steal your joy. And I know that it will. But I'm still doing it. I still throw an event. I, I sell tickets. And I'll be doing it. The, the moment I press whatever, deploy, send, create, whatever on Eventbrite, I'm like, ain't nobody going to buy no ticket. <laughs> <laughs> and then we sell out. And I'm in a room full of people in the room being sold out. And I'm being like, they ain't having no good time. <laughs> and then get on Instagram and everybody's using the hashtag and doing all this other stuff. And I'm like, they don't really mean it. <laughs> it's so like, it's the thing where it'll steal your joy. And I'm just doing it to myself constantly where I'm like, I don't, yeah, I don't understand why this is happening to me. So yeah, it's just because in your brain, that's the way you perceive it. That's not always true. So, and it's never true. Not even that it's not always true. It's never really true. One bad thing will happen and it'll just kill the vibe and then you blow it up in your mind. Right. Like I said earlier in the episode, you you'll look at reality through the lens of your misery and you block out everything else and all you see is the potential for misery or the things that cause you your misery. And for some reason that's all you wanna see. And it's really hard to take those I guess it's out of a need to or desire to protect yourself Mm. it's definitely i well i i personally feel like it was my ego protecting itself um because it's much easier to to do that than to look at the bigger picture and really start unpacking things and well why am i so addicted to the possibility of this trauma that i refuse to accept the possibility of happiness why am I so afraid of being let down or disappointed? What's wrong with being let down and disappointed? You know, what's wrong with things not going my way? Mm-hmm. Um, why am I afraid to learn the lessons from failure? All that stuff. It's a lot to unpack. So it's so much easier to just look at things through the lens of your misery and say, I'm going to be unhappy soon. <laughs> I'm prepared mm-hmm. for it. Yep. Come on. <laughs> Bring the yeah. shit. No, no. no, that's real. And I think I actually had this conversation too. Um, I had this conversation with somebody and I was like, look, man, you know, I'm, I'm so ready to do a whole bunch of stuff out here and be, um, you know, out here in the community and doing stuff more in digital spaces. I'm also so scared to fail, like so scared to fail. Right. Like that's why I don't do a lot of things. And her response was, no, it's absolutely way better to fail in public. Um, because not only that, like you get to learn the lesson in real time and people get to watch you learn the lesson in real time. But it's also it's relatable. We do this thing, especially with social media, where everybody almost seems perfect. Right. Everything they do, everything works. They're constantly booking deals. People are booked and busy. Right. That's the thing that we can say. Um, and you're kind of like, well, damn, like, well, if we're peers or whatever, how do we like how do I get like that or I wonder if I can ask that. Like, it's a whole bunch of stuff that can happen. And she was like, she was like, oh, I failed in front of everybody. Like, she was explaining um, some company stuff. And she was like, I failed in front of everybody. Like, the thing didn't work. It crashed. Da, da, da. But 35 people saw the vision out of, like, you know, a room full of 70 people, right? right. So 35 people now will forever fuck with me. We've been friends. We on LinkedIn. We hang out. We exchange ideas, all the other stuff. So they like, oh, I saw what you was trying to do. It didn't work, but maybe let's link in. It'll work next time. 
Right. So that's the thing. We we fail by ourselves, and you're just kind of like then you get to be your own worst critic, and you're in your own head, opposed <laughs> to being like, oh shit, let me show you something. Lady Gaga said it best: you could be in a room with a hundred people or whatever that she said on every goddamn talk show. All you need is one person <laughs> to believe in you. But um, yeah. you said the next one you think was one that hit you hard. So you want to share what that one was? Oh shit! Uh, I forgot. Do it. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> My brain. Uh, the what after that was um, do not accept the unacceptable and do not it, accommodate or tolerate what does not honor you. Okay. Is this the thing where she said don't settle? Was that one? Or yes. was that the one after this? Okay, this is the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was the one about not settling. So the only thing that stuck out to me was what I always wonder because like those are the things like I have questions on when people talk. Like, what is the, are we purely speaking for our lives and from a spiritual standpoint or just in general, right? So there are things like prime example, but like I said, most people like, you know, I want to, I'm trying to advance my career, right? Mm -hmm. So there are some positions that are the position that I want, but it pays because it's at a smaller company. It pays less. Right. That feels like settling to me where I'm like, well, why would I take a pay cut? Even though it's the, it's a real, it's a promotion. By title, the work changes. I don't have to work as hard, but I'm going to get paid less. And I'm like, damn, I, I don't know. But I, I know that's the next step because if I ask her, because now I'm already thinking, if I go to that company, then I'm going to do that for a little bit and then go to another company, maybe with the, the same title or the next title up. So hopefully it'll pay more. But now that I've taken this significant pay cut, you know, why would I do that? Why would I, that's, To me, that feels like putting myself in harm's way by taking less. Um, I also, it also makes me feel like I don't have a foot to stand on. Right. So I can be like, this is how much I commanded for my current job. And then this thing, and y'all know y'all can't pay me this. Um, I also think there was a bit of like, not necessarily room for like racial disparity being like, Hey, but you know, you telling a room full of black folks, don't settle, don't settle, don't settle. But what does that look like for for things that they want to do? I know we have the conversation about go make your own lane and all this other stuff. But, like, what happens when you need help? What happens when you need you're trying to get in with these white gatekeepers and things like that? And they're telling you we don't want your product. We don't want your thing. Um, How does that or or if they do want your thing, but they don't want to pay what it's worth. But you need to get it out. How does that work? Right. And it's not I'm not knocking her point. I think her point was really good because it really it really did hit home for me. It was just I had more questions during that right. segment. Right. Um, no, I definitely feel it. I think when it comes to settling, it's very subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. So nobody can tell you what settling is for you because it's solely based off of your goals and your values and, you know, what you're trying to accomplish. Um, so it differs from person to person. For me, in in the situation that you brought up as far as taking the pay cut, for me, I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't consider it settling, settling. I would consider staying in that position um, and not getting, you know, you're just due settling. But in a sense, you're, you're starting from ground one. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of work your way back up. Settling will come in when you're in that position and 
the opportunities for your growth and the opportunities um, for your 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 income to grow are not present and you're staying there and you're like, I'm okay with being in this position now. I feel like as long as there is intent and as long as there is vision, and she said one of the ones was, you know, don't move without vision. Mm -hmm. As long as you have, you know, your vision and your intent set and the plan is to use that as a stepping stone to move forward, it's not settling. Uh, For me, like I'm about to, start taking classes at community college. I already have a, a whole bachelor's degree from a school that is going through a bunch of bullshit right now. But outside of the bullshit that it goes through, it's a pretty good school. Shout out yeah. to the house. Um, and the people that actually have common sense. But I know that in order for me to approach a master's program the way in which I want to, I need to have certain qualifications that I don't have. And I need to have more up-to-date references and things that I don't have. So I'm stepping down a little bit from where I'm already at, in a sense, to some people, and getting a certificate from community college. But it's a step towards me applying for these master programs. Mm. So settling for me in this situation, settling would be me being okay with staying at community college and whatever I get from there. Um, because my goal going into it is to get this MFA. Once the goal is no longer MFA and I'm okay with less than that, that's settling. Mm. If that makes sense. No, it does. It absolutely does in a way of like, um, I had thought about that in a, in a way of like going back to school. Right. But yeah, like, I don't know if I want to jump right into it. So, yeah, community college might be the way. And I tell people this all the time, too. Like, so I have a degree. My bachelor's is in science, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, um, I'm like, you can also make more money and doing stuff with the same bachelor's with just a bunch of certificates, too, right? Like, I could realistically just go get a bunch of certificates in network security and then go make six figures, right? But I don't want to do that. That's not what I want to do. At the end of the day, we want to do, we want to end up either on, like, the marketing side of the house or um or something like that and so like i said since i never um now everything's kind of switching right so like settling right so how do i kind of switch careers how do i go from a degree in computer science to um knowing what i'm talking about in marketing and most of the marketing stuff i learned was like on a job training um stuff i looked up trial and error right right I never took any i took one marketing class um as an elective but then i've also seen people who are like influencers in the tech industry by, and they took a market, they took a coding class one time. They're like, Oh, I took this one coding class. And then I did, I went to like some summer camp or some tech school or um, some tech startup thing. And then I got a job at doing like HTML or content management or something like that. Hmm. Um, And then they, so then they talk because they have so many followers and they have so many things where they're like, Oh, a degree in computer science doesn't even matter anymore. You can, you can watch YouTube and, learn how to code and you can do Ajax and you can do all this other stuff. And I'm like, that sucks. I really spent mad years. <laughs> I spent mad years in school. Right. Um, so then I do it on the other side where I'm like, yeah, I didn't go to school for marketing. And they're like, well, then you, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's crazy. That's, I just watched all these rich people say they didn't ever go to school for computer stuff. Um, and so then that also makes you be like, well, damn, but what I know to be true is like sometimes you don't have to go to school for these things. Oh yeah. Um, no, definitely so like not. marketing, marketing feels like a, a feel. 
Like, it, does it make people feel good? Is it relatable? Right? Um, but like you said, like, there are things in each, in all of our paths, whether it be school, career, or whatever, where you don't want to settle, but you'll be in that constant fight of being like, am I doing the right thing? Especially when they're like family involved, kids involved, oh, yes. or even if you feel like time, right? Society puts pressure on you by like, by this age, you should be doing this and you should have this and you should know this. And people even now, right? They feel shame. Um, and going back to school or, um, I've had people tell me like going back to school, they feel like a failure. Like, Oh, I didn't do good in my career. So now I got to go back to school. Cause I, Fail. Like they're they're going back to school just to be like, I want to be respected. It's not even like to make my career better. It's just all right. Well, now everybody's got their damn bachelor, so now I can't do anything. Listen, because I I had my own um, uh, hesitations about going back, but I'm like, fuck it. It is what it is. It's people older than me breaking into careers and being successful. That doesn't mm-hmm. guarantee my success, but I owe it to myself to pursue it because. I, number one, have been grounding myself spiritually. I, number two, am not moving without vision. I am confident in who and what I am. And then one of the other ones that she said was, don't act like you know what you don't know and don't act like you don't know what you do know. Mm. I know what I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. And I <clears throat> am at a place now where I am comfortable admitting that to myself and where I am pursuing the knowledge for the things that I don't know or things that I want to understand better. And I'm doing it in a way that it's going to allow me to retain it better. Unfortunately, that involves me going to school because I don't retain shit well um, without having some type of structured fundamental learning first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's I, I, my mind, is too scattered to self-teach because I've definitely mm-hmm. tried and it I, I can't focus. I need a structured environment controlled by somebody else where I'm being held accountable in order for me to effectively learn things. Um, but I know what I don't know, so that can't be used against me. Right. Um, and I don't act like I don't know things that I do know. I don't know how that mm-hmm. applies to this, but it was part of the code for that one, so I just threw it in there. No, that's fair. I actually <laughs> love, I love playing stupid, and <laughs> and I love not knowing things because uh, I love to learn. But I also love not knowing because sometimes ignorance really is bliss. And I love playing stupid because uh, I love to watch people <laughs> play like they are super smart, and I'm like, nope, that's actually not how that works. But it makes them feel good, so I'm just gonna play stupid. Like, oh damn, you really showing me? <laughs> so I yeah. watch. I don't think it was this. It might have been something else that she did, and it, it triggered me. Because, you know, same. You know, sometimes playing stupid. Um, and and sometimes it's beneficial. Sometimes it's strategic. I think in those mm-hmm. cases, it's okay. But it might have been something else I was watching that she did. And she was talking about that. And she was saying all that does is instill in yourself that you can't be trusted. And I was like, ouch. Mm. Ouch! Uh, you didn't have to do that to me because I wasn't expecting you to do that to me on on today. But okay, so I had to go sit in the corner and and ponder that for a second. Mm -hmm. Um, because yeah, one more that I want to touch on that uh, struck me 
was have boundaries and don't worry about how people react to you pretty much enforcing those boundaries and doing what you need to do um, for your well-being because I grew up very conscious about telling people no mm. and how it would impact them and how it would uh, how it would affect them and how they would respond and one thing that I've learned in therapy um he was like you can't be worried about how people respond like you that that has nothing to do with you and you owe it to yourself to assert yourself and respectfully of course but to establish boundaries with people and let them know what they can and cannot do um and Iola introduced the the idea of implementing a consequence i was like oh i can do that too i feel so empowered um but no boundaries and we've talked about it before boundaries is is was something that i really struggled with doing because i was so worried about how people would react um a lot of that stems from uh stuff with my mom um and wanting to protect her feelings and things like that um so i i know growing up it would be times where i would want to be over my dad's house a little bit more and i could tell that it would upset her so i didn't really push wanting to be with my dad's side more because i saw how it upset her um for whatever reasons you know what i mean and she's an adult She's a human being and she has her own thought processes and her, um, you know, feelings and, and triggers and things. So I don't know what that triggered within her. Mm-hmm. I just knew that it made her a little bit sad when I didn't want to be quote unquote at home. Um, so I didn't really push as much as I could have or should have to be, you know, with my dad's side a little bit more. And I felt like if I did that, I might have been able to bond with him a little bit more. I would have had more time with my sister on that side of my family. So I just grew up with that, you know, mindset of not really enforcing any clear cut boundaries with people because I didn't want to hurt them or upset them. Um, Hmm. And when I first saw this was when I was really starting to um, understand that I can Established, it's okay for me to establish bonds with the people because they're not paying my rent, they're not signing my checks, um, they're not working my jobs for me, they're not doing shit. I'm taking care of myself, I'm a grown ass adult, and I can't be worried about how other people are going to feel when it comes to me taking care of myself. So, this was probably one of my favorite ones, um, because boundaries I, I love that word so much. <laughs> Yeah, boundaries are super important. Uh, I learned that late in life. Uh, so, so um, even though in my child uh, diary, my mom used to keep a baby book. She would write in it every day. My first words was no, oh. um, which is funny, right? Cause <laughs> I say no to a ton of things, but it's just because I don't want to do them. Or I don't want to do them with that particular person. Um and that is a thing where I never really had a conversation about boundaries uh, and or consequences, right? So my thing is I don't like repeating myself. I hate Same. it. Um, and so if I have said yes or no or I've given you instructions or advice, um, the consequence to you if I need to repeat myself or something like that is for me normally not to say anything. Um, I just don't say nothing. I'll just be quiet. Uh you could be talking to me. I'll just be looking you dead in your face. 
uh, and won't say anything. I will let whatever the universe has in store for you happen <laughs> because I've already said my piece. Um, but I need to be better about that, right? So communication was a big deal for me, um, mm-hmm. being able to fully explain with words, right? Uh, how, like how I feel, things that are going on, um, how we need to interact as a pair. Um, and so, yeah, I think those were a lot of things that like I hadn't had conversations about before. So boundaries is like, um, boundaries are important. Um, and I, and I'm learning that more and more like over the, I would say, I would say years, but years seems too long. I'm learning more about them every couple of months. So, and the way my boundaries interact with other people's boundaries. Um, Mm. so when I, when I'm around people with like, that don't really seem like they have any boundaries, like they are and kind of like open book. I'm kind of like, whatever. The thing about it that sucks is like when that person's open book, they want you to be the same as them. And I'm like, yeah, no, we're no, not, it don't we're not like even, it. Cool. <laughs> yeah, we're not even cool. And I don't want to do that. Uh, <laughs> so I find that more with like coworkers and people I hang out with. But like I said, I'm doing more things where I have to kind of meet people. Like even as my therapist said, like, oh, that's how normal people function. So <laughs> you <laughs> might want to get used to doing that, like talking about stuff. And I'm like, oh yeah, no, nah, we won't be doing that. Mm-mm. Uh, so yeah, boundaries are probably <laughs> boundaries are wild. Um, and like they, they, they've brought so much peace to me in general, and they've also helped to, um, to reinforce my, my self-worth. You know what I mean? Cause I'm letting you know that you cannot treat me this way. And I also exhibit that by, um, being clear about how I treat myself. So I'm the walking example of what I'm going to tolerate and I don't treat myself poorly anymore. So I'm not going to accept that from you. And this is the boundary and you are not to cross that boundary. Now, where I do probably need to lighten up some is once the boundary is crossed, it's not even that you're dead to me. Like your existence pretty much gets wiped from my memory. It's you're a stranger at this point. Um, and I don't care to know you again. I can be very unforgiving depending on the boundary. Well, no, okay, not unforgiving. I can be very, my mom always said, uh, this isn't a revolving door. Like you don't get to come in and come out. Um, and depending on the offense, depending on the boundary that scrolls, once you're out, you're out, you are completely out. Um, there is you know, space for conversation. I will hear you out. But if I'm not liking what I'm hearing, you can't come back. And it's still all love, all respect. You know what I mean? When I'm, if you was in trouble, I pray for you. You know, I wish you will, but go vibrate over yonder. Get away from me. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Okay. And some people have learned that in the very hard way. You know what? I actually don't have that. I don't have that. <laughs> I actually really don't like um, if we beef or if we fall out or I'm too whatever. For beef. Um, no, I've still got time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if we do that and we fall out or we fuss and fight and all that other stuff, I'm normally kind of over it. Um, I'm willing to listen to you, talk to you, even be around you. Um, because, like I said, my my part of it is over and done with and dead. Um, if you whatever apologize or you whatever i those things tend to be blips on my radar um 
I tend to not take any of that too serious, but that's also a piece of me that is deficient, right? That is a piece of me that's like, um, I never really put a whole bunch of faith in you to begin with. So this oh, thing, <laughs> this thing kind of like was either bound to happen. So it happened and I was right because I constantly believe that people are not good. They have the capacity to be good, but like there will be something <laughs> that where we won't, we won't get along. We're not going to always agree. So that kind of thing. So I never really be on it. Like on some, like, um, yo, fuck you. I'll never talk to you again. Get out of my life. I'm blocking you. Like all of that other stuff. Like I kind of oh, really don't. It ain't even all that. No, no, no I'm not, not even, even going to block like, you. You know why? Because I don't care enough to. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I'm like, well, see. So no, blocking is a part of your mental health. Like let's not uh, in self care. Let's not ever. Like I don't. <laughs> I'm not going to minimize the ability to blocking folk. Oh no, it's but, beautiful. <laughs> Some people have been blocked, but yeah. I, but what I'm saying is. If I'm over it, for me, I'm like, we like we good. Like, we can talk still. I don't have a malicious bone in my body. If it's some shit that keeps kind of going, like, I have a situation here locally that's kind of something like that, where it's, like, sneak dissing or somebody coming back to me and saying you said something, then I'm kind of like, but I just saw you and everything was cool. Um, or it was cool on my end. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so it could be something else. But my thing is, this thing could get dangerous if it keeps going. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm always kind of like, oh, it's dead on my end. So I'm not the one harboring it. We can have a conversation. If the conversation never happens, then it's not really it's not really whatever. Because I know that sometimes pent up aggression can come out in any kind of way and it can get dangerous. And I'm not a person who tends to be on the like I got to be on defensive or something like that. Um, so that is a that is a thing that I'm always kind of like conscious of, but mm. yeah, man. I, but I do think it is better, like you said, for that approach to kind of just be like, yeah, and that's a respect thing for yourself, right? Like, yeah, people don't get to keep coming back, um, after they have hurt you or after they have disrespected you in a way that you would not normally tolerate, Mm-mm. especially if in conversation it's like. It can't be rectified. Because spiritual code of conduct says... (laughs) Yeah. I had to do Spiritual code of conduct says... Do not hold on to things or people that diminish your light. Mm -hmm. That's what she said. But, um, yeah, if I feel like you're not adding to me... And if I feel like your your presence has caused diminishing... Diminishment... Diminished side sensation, whatever the word mm. would be. <laughs> yeah, <downsizing>. yeah. <laughs> if if I feel like your presence has diminished my light, and in conversation there is no way for that to be rectified, you got to go. And that's the same thing with with thoughts and behavior patterns that I have and that I hold. Um, I, I can be very lazy. I can be very um undisciplined, and. I need to actively work on that and I need to let those go because those definitely diminish my light, make me less productive. Um, so it's, it's always a, a cycle of what's good for me. What's not good for me. What's enhancing my life. What's enhancing my value to myself. Um, and what isn't, what do I need to purge? What do I need to get rid of? And speaking of purging and getting rid of anything you want to see the week from this conversation. <laughs> Um, 
No. I I mean like I I definitely want to see more of um see more things of understanding. Like mm. I, like this conversation has kind of been like eye opening in a way where I'm just like, yeah, I want to there's certain things that I probably need to tweak, right? In my personal behavior and in like things I could implement in my own life. Um is being one of those things is when like more of a free spirit go with the flow. Um, be fluid in a way. Mm. Um, I am also being more fluid in a way that is productive, not just kind of like letting things happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there are things that are intentional. Like the fluidity is intentional. It is not just like, Oh, whatever happens, happens. Um, it is intentional because sometimes by being boxed in for me, um, I shut out things that could be an opportunity I never thought about. Mm. Um. So yeah, seeds of understanding, things like that, things I want to weed out. Um, I'm gonna give y'all a more more credit. I want I want to I want to weed out my. I don't know if she know what she's talking about. <laughs> that's that's the thing I'm gonna weed out. I'm gonna weed out. I'm gonna just I'm gonna start paying her more attention and seeing what's happening. Uh, I listen to what's to do, Eric Thomas. I used to listen to him a lot. Mm. Uh, Gary V. Uh, but I think I, yeah, I want to listen to more. Um, I want to listen to more women. I don't mean them dudes. They kind of like they kind of shiesty too. But uh, <laughs> but I still I'd be like, all right, all right, you got over on a little one. Like, but uh, what do y'all? I want to listen to her more. Uh, I'm gonna actually go back and rewatch this now that we've had this conversation because now I kind of listen to it with new ears. Um, <laughs> and I and I think it'll be better. So yeah, she has a lot of good stuff. Um. And before, like, I used to crack jokes on Iyanla all the time um, because my perception of her was different. But when I actually paid attention to what she would say and how she um, how she described herself, like she she never claimed to be a mental health professional or anything like that. However, I always perceived her as one. And that's why I thought she was a joke Mm. because I'm working under the mindset, which again, I didn't get from her, um, but under the mindset and perception that, oh, she's a therapist. She's a a trained mental health professional, but what she's doing is antics and foolery. (laughs) But once I I really started paying more attention to her saying, I'm a, you know, I'm a, you're a priestess. I am a lawyer i am an author i am a life coach i'm like oh a lot of this makes so much more sense (laughs) Mm -hmm. i get it now um and also too a lot of things that she would say applied to me in ways that i wasn't ready to admit so it was just easier to pass it off as foolishness and folly as opposed to turning the mirror on myself and saying well damn well damn yeah I can see that. I think the thing was, I think there was another show that had some life coaches up there. And I always took it as life coaches or like a personal trainer slash motivational speaker. Because um, they all kind of dealt in sensationalism. Mm. Um, and I felt like I started seeing more life coaches kind of do that. They would talk about sensational topics or be kind of like bigger than life personalities. Mm. Um, and so that's why it, I mean, like I said, everybody 
there are there are people who can get certifications in life coaching um, and things like that too. But I think the ones that I have seen or paid attention to or come across have been very like people with very big personalities in that way. Um, I don't know what they were before whatever their normal nine to five is. Um, but it has also been the type of personalities that tend to not mesh well with mine. So that's why I'm always kind of like, Oh, I'm already kind of like, Oh, I get it. That's why I feel this way around you. Like, yeah, get out of here. (laughs) So, um, that's just a, that's a me thing. Like I said, like I also want to see more, um, things of understanding, right? Cause maybe that's a deficiency in me where I'm like, Oh damn. Yeah. This is something you got to work through. It may not even be them. Uh, I could just realistically just be like, uh, y'all are too loud. I don't like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, that's it. Um, I definitely want to plant more seeds of this journaling and um, taking time out in the morning to specifically sit and meditate on things and, um, you know, connect with, with the universe and spirit and, you know, chat it up with the ancestors before work and everything. Um, and I'm going to weed out the the laziness and lack of discipline that keeps me from doing those things. Okay. Um, because I'm also going to weed out. Um, I do this thing where I will write in my journal, and it'll be like a full page, and then the next day, I rip it out and throw it in the trash. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> what are you doing that for? <laughs> Get that out. Um, I don't know. It's. I'm honestly, I'm getting to a a place where I'm more comfortable with my thoughts and feelings being out. Um, when I'm in my, like what I say to my therapist is one thing, but what I would put in when I journal would be completely different. It would be clearly on a much deeper level. And then the thought of somebody seeing that or reading, it just makes me feel exposed and, and vulnerable and again, worrying about how people may feel like my mind goes to what if I die and somebody reads this and they tell so-and-so how I really felt about them. like mm, that's an on off, them problem off the rocket. It is. Um, so I'm really going to, you know, stop doing that and allowing myself to feel my things and get them out and allow it to be there for me to go back on and reflect. Um, and it should never be seen by anybody, but in the event that it does, see me, bitch. I mean, what the fuck you want to do? I like it. But yeah, this was a dope conversation. I definitely want to, um, you know, get more into, you know, spiritual health and, and things like that on here. I feel like um, that's a lot of space for us to talk about some fun things. So I'm excited about the possibilities that have opened up from this conversation. For sure. I'm with it. Hey, so, you know, until next week or whatever, you know, I need y'all to remember seasons change, bad things rearrange, but if it ain't growing, it's dead. We out. And listen to the show and share this shit. Stop being stingy. That too. (laughs) Yeah. We know y'all playing the show. We see the numbers. Just say you listen to it. Put put hashtag pot in. Stop being jerks. All right. We out of here. (laughs) Peace.